you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. The countdown to Championship Sunday continues. We are now 49 hours away from the 49ers and Eagles kicking things off at the link. Hello, I'm Omar Reese, and this is NFL Now. We are in the NFL Network newsroom. Still to come this hour, we have former Chiefs All-Pro fullback Tony Richardson joining us for his thoughts on the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. We will continue to break down the 49ers and Eagles as well, but we start with some news in the coaching carousel. For more on that, we welcome in our NFL Network insiders, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. Ian, might be a busy weekend here for D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans has emerged as maybe the hottest coaching candidate, and we are getting some clarity on his situation. Sources tell me and my colleague Tom Pelissero right over there that D'Amico Ryans has emerged as top candidate for the Houston Texans. His former team obviously was a star linebacker there. So many people thought when he was a player, man, this guy's a head coach, and he is close to being exactly that. From what we understand, Ryan's is set to meet with the Texans at some point after this game. If all goes well, and you know, you would think that it would, but if all goes well, he could be their next head coach. And of course, for Houston, it has been a little bit of an odyssey the last couple years as they're rebuilding on the fly, a couple different coaches. This is one of the, as I mentioned, hottest young coaches, bright young coaches, just 38 years old, extremely close to being an NFL head coach. D'Amico Ryans has family ties still in the Houston area as well. Of course, as Ian mentioned, he played for that organization. And despite the fact that they've had two consecutive one-and-done head coaches, this is a really attractive job to a lot of people around the NFL because you have resources. You still have additional high picks from the Deshaun Watson trade. You've got cap room. You've got a lot of room to grow with the organization and the ammunition to go and get yourself a franchise quarterback. All of that has D'Amico Ryan, certainly it sounds like strongly considering, ending up back where he 
played at the start of his playing career with the Houston Texans and at a time where there are other teams pursuing him. He is also a top target for the Denver Broncos. They have gone through several of them, of course. They attempted to get Jim Harbaugh to come from the University of Michigan. They have met with Sean Payton, among other candidates here. Dan Quinn was another guy who was on their radar. He informed teams yesterday that he is not taking a head coaching job in this cycle and is returning to Dallas. D'Amico Ryans has really been the focus for the last couple of days here for Denver. But as of now, the Texans are the team that, as Ian said, Omar, have emerged here with him as a top candidate. Kyle Shanahan saying this week when he was on the staff there in 2006 when D'Amico Ryans was drafted to the Texans, his leadership was obvious as a 21-year-old rookie taking over that linebacker's room. So interesting to see how that will unfold the rest of this week. And as for cross-state, Tom, uh, Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, you have some clarity on their futures. What more can you tell us about that? We certainly have clarity on the future of Dan Quinn, who informed interested teams <laughs> yesterday that he will not be taking a head coaching job in this cycle. That includes the Broncos, as I mentioned. He interviewed with them. He was a top target with the Arizona Cardinals. Quite possibly would have been Arizona's next head coach. Also had a second interview lined up with the Indianapolis Colts. However, my understanding is his heart's in Dallas. He just decided he was not comfortable with the options that were in front of him here. Felt like he wanted to go back and try to help deliver Jerry Jones and company a Super Bowl. As for Kellen Moore... He also ended up not getting a head coaching job, even though he made a strong push, had a really good interview with the Panthers earlier this week, gave them a lot to think about. They ultimately stuck with their choice of Frank Reich as their new head coach. But Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach, was non-committal on Kellen Moore when he spoke to reporters yesterday, saying that Kellen, like all of our coaches, are being evaluated. Instantly, Kellen Moore would become the top offensive coordinator target on the market. There's a lot of jobs available. He would not be out of work for long. But those conversations, according to McCarthy, are going to take place here over the next day or two. So still a situation to keep an eye on in yeah. Dallas, Omar. Kellen Moore's Cowboys offense has been certainly explosive uh, at times over the years. As for the Rams and their offensive coordinator search, they landed on their guide. Ian, who is it? Their top guy really all along, it is Michael Flora, the former Jets offensive coordinator. Remember, he left the Jets a couple weeks ago, seems like a million years ago. But anyway, a couple weeks ago to pursue other opportunities. And once you did a little bit of digging, made a couple phone calls, it became clear what those opportunities were. It was to work with Sean McVay, be his right-hand man, kind of the brains behind that offense now. And that is obviously a big void to fill for the Los Angeles Rams. Lost Liam Cohen, their offensive coordinator, this past year. Now they slot in Michael Floor, just the second LaFleur, of course, to work with Sean McVay with his brother Matt being there a couple years ago. Yeah, of course, one of the more recent offensive coordinators, Kevin O'Connell, now a head coach there with Minnesota, Matt LaFleur, successful in his own right. LaFleur. Oh, there we go again. Tom with the enunciation guide there on the air. Tom Ian, thank you both very much. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, all eyes on Patrick Mahomes. This video coming in. Within the hour or so, Chiefs practicing outdoors as they get ready for their AFC Championship Game showdown. With the Cincinnati Bengals, Patrick Mahomes has been a full participant in practice all week long. Full expectations. He'll be good to go on Sunday. Here's Andy Reid just moments ago addressing Patrick Mahomes and that ankle. With your comfort level that he will be a full go. Yeah, no, he looks good. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Andy. Yes. 
What's your comfort level with his mobility after three days? Yeah, he looks he looks good. I mean, he's moving around good. Yeah, I think he, uh, you know, he'd go out and play. Yeah. Coach, you're sitting on 52 players on the active roster. Um, Cody Ford's is still a candidate that can be called up before the game. Potentially, yeah, he is. We're just gonna see how everything goes here. <laughs> you know, have have no numbers there. I know you don't have an answer probably on whether McColl can play or not, but how has he has he progressed this week? Yeah, no, he's listen. He's worked his tail off. I think he's feeling better than what he what he was definitely last week. Yeah, so we'll see see how he does. I mean, he's practicing. Yeah, because it was earlier in the year, but after the Indy game, you mentioned that he challenged the offensive line a little bit more. Is that something that you, you do this week going into this game where you got it? I feel like they're they're focused. You know, they they understand what what, what where we're at and what's going on. So. Yeah. You good? All right. Nice meeting with you guys for three hours. <laughs> hey, the time's yours, and it wasn't that much time today. Judy Batista, Mark Ross, back with us now, as Andy Reid said, like he's been saying all week long, Patrick Mahomes will be good to go on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, Judy, when you look at Mahomes and the prospect of probably not being 100% with that angle. How might that affect the Chiefs' offense? Well, we'll see. I mean, what we've seen of him is walking around and maybe light jogging during practice. But uh, the real question is, can he put his foot down in the ground and run if he has to? That is such a big part of his game. When you look at next-gen stats, he leads the leaguers in, at the top of the league in extending plays and making plays on the run and passing yards and touchdowns on the move. That is such a big part of Mahomes' magic. He's obviously also brilliant when he's in the pocket. It's not like he can't perform in the pocket, but it's that extra something that he can create when a play breaks down and he is on the move that makes him virtually unstoppable. We'll see. Certainly, you would expect that the Bengals are going to want to test him very quickly to see if he can hold up. But let's be honest, Andy Reid has had a week to game plan for what you have to do if you have to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, if that is where he is most comfortable and if his mobility is really compromised. We'll see how he looks. I certainly think they will be prepared if he has to stay in the pocket. And then you're going to have to see if he is willing to protect himself or if he is going to follow his instinct and go out and create the plays that we are all used to seeing. Yeah, early in the week, Andy Reid reiterating that in 2019, that ankle injury that Mahomes had was much more significant than this one. And if you look at the numbers after that game, he lit it up and he was less experienced at that time. Here now in the 2022 playoffs, Mark, you have to figure Lou Anarumo and that Bengals defense certainly studying Mahomes and every different factor of that ankle injury. How do you think it affects their game plan? I don't think it affects it at all, Omar, because they've already beat the Chiefs three times in a row with under mm -hmm. the Joe Burrow era just this year. So the Bengals D has to be looking at it. Whatever version of Patrick Mahomes we get, we feel confident we can stop either one of those guys because they've already done it. There's no guesswork if this was another team, if they could do it, if Patrick is hurt or Patrick is healthy, because in that game earlier, shut him out in the fourth quarter, only had 233 yards passing, Got Kelsey down. Kelsey only had four receptions for 56 yards. So this Cincinnati D has to be feeling really good that even at 100%, they know that they can slow down Patrick Mahomes. Well, now you have a compromised Patrick Mahomes. And as Judy stated, hey, look, a pocket passer Patrick Mahomes is still a top five quarterback in the NFL of all time, whatever. But the special Patrick Mahomes makes him the greatest of all time at what he does. 
And if he can't have that element, that severely benefits the Bengals' D. But either way, they know we can go stop this guy, and they have that confidence, Omar. This has the potential to be one of the great rivalries, perhaps the greatest rivalry of this generation. But the Chiefs have to win one. Usually rivalries can't be as (laughs) one-sided as they are uh, so far in this Burrow-Mahomes matchup. So Patrick Mahomes, again, will get his shot on Sunday. Judy, Mark, thank you both very much. Mark, you're going to like this one. The Bengals trying to become the first team since your 2007 Giants to start the season 0-2 and then go on to win the Super Bowl. The 2001 Patriots also did it with Tom Brady and the 96 Patriots with Drew Bledsoe and Bill Parcells and crew got to the Super Bowl but lost. And then the 93 Cowboys, I think that was affected maybe by an Emmitt Smith holdout. They started 0-2, but then once Emmitt Smith got back there, they went on to win their back-to-back Super Bowls. For much more perspective here, Greg Rosenthal, one of my favorite guys here at NFL Network. And Greg, we've been talking about the Bengals, Joe Burrow, and those weapons on the outside all season long. But how do you figure the Bengals' rushing attack will get into this one? I think it's everything because you look at the Chiefs' defense and the Bengals' defense, for that matter, and what do they do? They just dare you to run. They're like, oh, you want to run the ball? Cool. We will let you do that. And that's how the Bengals beat the Chiefs last time. That was the Samaje Pirine game. He had almost 150 yards from scrimmage. And I think the Bengals' offensive line showed last week with some new guys up front. Whoa. You can run block when you're not quite as talented because it's more about cohesion and attitude, and they can do that. And this Chiefs defense, since Steve Spagnuolo's been there, has said, okay, you want to run, go for it. I also think Joe Burrow breaks out the design runs in big games. You saw a week ago he ran the ball more. Then you look back at that first game against the Chiefs, week 13, had a few key design runs. So Joe Burrow you don't think of as a scrambler or as a design runner, but he is when it matters. He just like, I'm not going to bother in those regular season games, but in the playoffs they're going to run the ball. And he showed that he can throw off the run, those one-legged stepping up in the pocket, finding a way to deliver the ball even under the most duress situations. And when you think about what Patrick Mahomes has shown throughout his career. What did you see from him last week when he came back in the second half and still delivered a solid performance that tells you he'll be okay on Sunday? I mean, his numbers went up. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Like, the yards per attempt in the second half of that game went up. And I think of Patrick Mahomes as an artist. Mm -hmm. I think of Andy Reid as an artist. Like, what they create, like, you can't describe it. It's a beautiful thing. And sometimes artists create their best work with limitations. I'm talking about outside of football, whether it's books, it's music, it's it's actual art. Like you put a set of limitations on them and they have to work inside that box and they end up making their best stuff because now Andy Reid has to focus on how can we win from the pocket. We know Patrick Mahomes can do that. We know this offensive line is not a ragtag group. They're highly paid all pros who have the third best rushing attack, according to Football Outsiders, since week 13. I'm not worried about... Patrick Mahomes, I'm not worried about the offenses in this game. I'm worried about the defenses. They're the ones that are going to have to match up, and whether Mahomes can move that well or not, they're going to score. Yeah, like we've been talking about in that 2019 season, the game after hurting that ankle, more than 400 yards, blowing away the Raiders on that infield turf. We saw some of those images. Remember those old infield baseball turfs there? It's like, uh, yeah, they couldn't wait to move to Vegas after that season. <laughs> Greg Rosenthal, Fresh Perspective. We'll get his thoughts on who's going to win that game, as well as his breakdown on the Eagles and 49ers coming up in just a little bit. Thank you, Greg. 
still to come here on NFL Now. Speaking of the Niners and the Eagles, Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Jalen Hurts, they've been providing highlight plays all year long. We'll break that one down next right here on NFL Now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is one of those Clash of the Titans matchup between the Eagles and 49ers for the NFC Championship game on Sunday. First time since the 1975 playoffs where he had two teams that ranked both in the top five offensively and defensively square off one another. The 75 Cowboys beat the 75 Vikings in that matchup. George Kittle, he knows what's at stake. So you you dreamt about since you were a kid? Do you dream about it when you're in high school, college? You dream about it when you're in the NFL? You know, you dream about situations like this and uh, whether it's a hunger, a starvation, a desperation. Uh, you do everything you can to make sure at the end of the game that you're going to win. You're going to win it. Um, and I think you know our team did a good job yesterday. We were very mindful about every single rep that we took. I know we were. I think we were a walk through pace, but like guys were still flying around, getting great work in. Today's a full speed practice. I know guys are going to get after it today. And you know I think we have a team that understands the situation we're in. We have a lot of guys on this team that have played in the playoffs before and understand you know what it is and what it means and how what every single rep means. So we're going to be very um, mindful of those uh, each and every single rep throughout this entire weekend on Sunday. George Kittle certainly fired up there. Mike Garofolo, Jim Trotter, they'll be fired up on Sunday there at the link. And Mike, we'll start with you. Jalen Hurts as the starter this year for the Eagles in games which he's played 15-1. and How much are they counting on him on Championship Sunday? Uh, counting on him a lot, that's for sure. And uh, Nick Sirianni did say, that, by the way, that Hurts is still getting a little bit of treatment on the shoulder, but not affected by it. And we saw last week against the Giants, not affected by it. And I think the Eagles... 
sent a message early on to the Giants defense and also showed their confidence and hurts himself with that big play on what the second play from the scrimmage to Devontae Smith down the field and that was against a Giants defense that they ran the ball well against they're not going to be able to run the ball in the 200 plus yard region this week against the 49ers that run defense is just too tough they they need to be effective in the running game but I, I don't think you can go into a game expecting to be explosive there so your explosive plays have to be some of the ones that you're seeing on your screen now. Jalen Hurts throwing the ball down the field. If A.J. Brown wasn't happy about his production last week, this could be the game for him. This is why you pay A.J. Brown all that money and you trade uh, for him and you bring him in for a game like this. And this 49ers defense has given up some explosive pass plays uh, throughout the season. So let's see if Jalen Hurts can beat this team in the 49ers and their defense from the pocket, he's been proving the defenses all year long that he can. No bigger stage than this Sunday. No question. Strength on strength there with the Eagles running game versus the Niners' number two ranked defense. And the 49ers' run of success now here, Jim, three NFC Championship games in four years has created some champagne problems, or as I like to say, Napa Valley problems there in Northern California in terms of their coaching staff. What more can you tell us about that? Yeah, no question, Omar. As you say, three NFC finals in four years. And what that does, it means that other clubs are taking notice and they like to poach your staff, get assistance off of that staff. And Kyle Shanahan is acutely aware of this. In fact, he builds his staff with that in mind, that he wants to promote from within when his guys leave. Look, right now there are only four assistants remaining from his original staff in 2017. So when we look at it, offensively, for instance, with the passing game coordinator, you go from Michael LaFleur, to Mike McDaniel, to now Bobby Slowick, and the defensively at the coordinator position from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryans. But here's the problem for Shanahan right now. Some of his coaches are being poached quicker than he thought they would. And so if D'Amico Ryans leaves, it raises the question of whether or not he has a guy on staff who is seasoned enough to step in. And what I'm hearing, Omar, is that they may have to go outside the building this time if D'Amico leaves to find a defensive coordinator to replace him simply because of the guys on staff simply don't have that experience yet to step in and fill that role. I'm sure that'd be a problem they would love to have if that's something that they're not solving until after Super Bowl 57 there in Arizona. Jim, Mike, thank you both very much. And speaking of Kyle Shanahan, sterling record in the postseason, six and two, eight games so far. That's what happens when you get to the NFC Championship game three times in four years. And Nick Sirianni started last year with a loss there against Tampa Bay, but resounding victory against the Giants made his record 1-1. One and one. For more perspective on this game, we welcome back Greg Rosenthal. When you look at those two young coaches, you've seen fiery reactions, emotions from both of them over the years. I saw some mean mugging from Nick Sirianni last week, and that was yep, a little like much. Mm-hmm, I love that. That's the one we're going to be seeing forever and ever. Who do you think has the edge on Sunday? So it's been a great year for the dorks. I feel like that hasn't really <laughs> come up that much, but the Eagles are kind of a dorky team. They are into the analytics. You know, people love to honk when Brandon Staley's fourth down decisions don't go well. But people awfully quiet about all the fourth down decisions that have helped Sirianni and the Eagles get to this point. And when I look at these two coaches, I look at a more aggressive Eagles coaching staff when it comes to fourth down decisions. I see Kyle Shannon kicking those field goals on fourth and two, doing the defense a favor, being very conservative. And Sirianni don't care. And I think that's bled over into 
to his team. You look at the short yardage numbers, they've changed the way the game is played in terms of their quarterback sneaks in short yardage situations. One of the best of all time to do that. 49ers, not very good in short yardage situations. Then you think about their red zone numbers. Excellent. That's where attention to detail really matters. Both sides of the ball, really good. 49ers just so-so in terms of the red zone. And then every Kyle Shanahan game in the first half or in the second half, you can just count on a timeout coming out of nowhere, like a wasted timeout. You don't see that from the Eagles. So I look at these two teams, the two most talented teams, I believe, in the NFL, and you think about that attention to detail and those small margins and what the dorks are getting it done this year <laughs> in Philadelphia, and I think the Eagles have an edge there. I'm sure I look pretty dorky doing like this, but it reminded me of Merton Hanks. Remember the old 49ers safety when he oh, would get yeah, into the, the end zone to do this? Sirianni doing very similar work. But that Eagles defense, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, They've been doing it for years. That secondary now, they've been impressive and all the interceptions they've had. What do you see from them that matches up so well against the 49 Well, I think back to 2017. I was at all those Eagles playoff games, and I think of how Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox were the key to that defense. And then you look forward and you see why this defense is so good. And it's because Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox aren't the keys to the defense now. They are able to play 15, 20, 25 snaps, and they are incredibly productive. Graham got over 10 sacks this year and he's a part-time player and I think that's a big dif- defense difference rather between the Eagles defense and the 49ers who I think are a little thinner up front it's Armstead Bosa and you just hope for production whereas the Eagles have these veterans who are deep in their defensive line who are getting it done you have Josh Sweat you have Reddick you have so many players up front Hargrave And I don't think the 49ers are quite as deep. So it's awesome that the Eagles have found a way to keep these veterans around. It's a connection to that championship team. But it's even better. They don't need them for 45, 50 snaps. Shows how deep they are. And you remember who took Cox and Graham under his shoulder early in their career? D'Amico Ryans, now the 49ers defensive coordinator. Okay, you're known for your NFL picks column. Who wins this one? I have been on a heater this uh, postseason. I'm going Bengals and Eagles. I feel better about the Eagles one. How can you pick against Patrick Mahomes? But I I am doing that. Wow. And did you pick them last year? What was your Bengals Chiefs prediction last year? I got the Bengals one right. You wow. know, I was well. That was an emotional thing. The Wesleyan yeah. family the Wesleyan, that the we're destiny. so close to yeah. here, and I'm sticking with them again. Now they get it done. And perhaps. Uh, I think a lot of America would like to see either that Kelsey Bowl or, in other words, the Andy Reid Bowl if it was the Eagles mm. and the Chiefs meeting. That would be something else. That would be cool. Birds Greg Rosenthal, NFL.com slash game picks for his column each and every week. Thank you very much. Still to come here, the final round of the NFL playoffs takes place this weekend. On Championship Sunday, four teams remain, but only two will make it to Arizona and Super Bowl 57. The NFC and AFC Championship games presented by Intuit TurboTax Sunday, January 29th. Visit NFL.com slash schedule for the full schedule. Still to come here, Tony Richardson, former Pro Bowl fullback for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get his perspective on the Chiefs' run and what he's looking forward to in this AFC Championship showdown. That's next on NFL Now. Win, 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 win. Yeah. Curve everything else. Win, 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 win. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tony Richardson, three-time Pro Bowler and member of the Chiefs Hall of Honor, also played for the Vikings and the Jets. What a stud. Golden people over, paving the way for the likes of of Ladanian Tomlinson and Priest Holmes and Adrian Peterson and Marcus Allen. We are thrilled to welcome in now Tony Richardson to NFL Now. Tony, how you doing, man? You know, I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day, uh, Friday in New York City, and I'm so happy to be, uh, to be on the show today. Well, I'm sure you'll be watching very closely the Chiefs and the Bengals on Sunday. How much concern do you have about Patrick Mahomes' ankle? You know what? I, I think uh, a 70 to 80% Patrick Holmes is probably better than 100% of most quarterbacks. So I'm not too necessarily concerned, um, but I'm definitely concerned about uh, the Bengals. That team is, I don't know, it's just they, they caught fire. So I'm not really necessarily concerned about the ankle, but I'm definitely concerned about the, uh, the overall team of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. What's the biggest matchup issue you think that the Chiefs have against that Bengals team? You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting because obviously, uh, you know, Eric Benemy was uh, my running back coach when I was with the Minnesota Vikings. And some of the things they're able to do from a schematic team is is pretty much incredible. The ring around the rosy and all this kind of thing. <laughs> but I I mean, I really believe I think their offense uh, matches up really well against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I almost said ours. I am a homer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a good game, but it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be a tough task. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be pretty much upset because I guess they're calling it Burrowhead. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm in the ring of honor, so I don't like that trash talk, but it should be a good, good banter. Yeah, there's been a lot of trash talk here. How do you, what do you make of this potential budding rivalry? Yeah, you know what? Everyone always says, like, oh, bulletin more material. I don't think I've ever seen anything that someone said or someone posted that made me go out and play harder. Um, but I think it's great. I mean, unfortunately, um, the Chiefs, I almost said we again, the Chiefs have lost <laughs> you know, three games or, you know, to the, uh, to the Bengals. So I don't really believe in that. Um, it's going to, you know, Eli Apple is a, kind of the rock star uh, I guess Twitter master right now. So, um, but you know what the thing about it when they blow the whistle, you got to go out and play the game. And um, 
And made the best man win. Yeah, certainly did his best to troll everybody uh, <laughs> earlier in the week, that Eli Apple. You're in the Hall of Honor. You can say we there. Uh, speaking of that running game, you mentioned Eric Bieniemy and his impressions with you there in 2006, earlier in your career when you were with the Vikings. What have you seen from him over the years that you think might make him a head coach? Certainly been a candidate for years and years now. Yeah, you know the thing about it, I'm I'm really blown away um, about what's taking so long because, you know, the enemy really pushed us to the hardest point. Um, we, me and Adrian Peterson, like one time I think we went out and rushed for almost close to 300, 400 yards and we're like feeling great. Everything's good. We get in on Wednesday, EB rips us from head to toe. And I'm like, what just happened? So he holds, uh, you know, attention to detail. Obviously a former player. I think he was number two uh, for the Heisman when he came out of Colorado. The time is he's due. I'm not sure what's going on, but he's definitely a, a, a coach, I think, that deserves to be a head coach. And he's doing a tremendous job. And they're saying, well, he's not calling plays and things like that. But you can always see whenever Patrick Mahomes come off to the sideline, he goes to the enemy. He talks to the enemy. And I think uh, EB, you know, hopefully this is his turn. But let's take care of things first. Yeah. Let's get to Arizona and then we'll start dealing with all that afterwards. Certainly paid his dues. I mentioned before the great running backs that you paved the way for. So you've seen up close and personal what a great back looks like. What do you make of Isaiah Pacheco here coming along in his rookie year? (laughs) You know, it's crazy. It's just like, I don't know the secret sauce of how they keep finding these guys. Like every time I see them, like, (laughs) man, like this guy kind of looks like someone we know that we're at number 10. I'm like, this guy is is pretty incredible. So, um, but you don't think about it. Statue-wise, he doesn't seem like a big running back, but he is—he's tough as nails, and he—and I know how EB's t- teaching him. Like you go, you get put one foot in the ground and get up the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid is dynamic, and I think he's really going to be the key if the Chiefs are able to win the ball game. It's going to be definitely on his back. Yeah, it seemed like early in the year they're kind of protecting him, limiting his touches so they can unleash him now. You got to take it loose now. Now all that, all that goes out the window. We're not—we're yeah. not protecting anyone. We got one game to get to Arizona. I'll be there, so hopefully uh, my Chiefs will as well. Yeah, riding that hot ham if that Pacheco certainly is that running back. Got to ask you on this real quick. You spent much of your childhood in Germany. What do you think of the way the NFL has taken off there? There's going to be two games uh, next year. They had that great Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Seattle Seahawks environment earlier this year in Munich. What do you think of all that? Well, I mean, my thing is that, you know, I've been working on my Dutch. Like, obviously, I was born in Germany. My dad was a military man for 32 years. Uh, it's absolutely amazing that it's really taken on. And you look in the stands and it's like two teams, but there's like all 32 jerseys. So the fans come out. I think there was about 90,000 fans in Munich, about another 80 outside of the stands. And so, you know, it, it's growing. I'm not quite sure when we'll get a team there. I keep saying we because now I do work for the National Football League. But I think London's going to be our, our first destination. And we're definitely going to get uh, at least one or two teams in Germany. And I'm working on my desk because I think, you know, Every, someone has to go over there and call the games. It might as well be me. <laughs> hey, Tony, how quickly do you think we might get a team in London? Uh, I think, I mean, the way it's looking, I could say, I, I think two years. Now, Germany, I think about four. I mean, you already see, I mean, the biggest thing is like travel, but I live in New York. And if you're going to, say, Seattle, it's six hours. If you're going to London, hey, we can get there in six hours. So uh, <laughs> I'm all about it. So I, I definitely think in about two years, I think we will have two teams in uh, London. And hopefully in four years, we'll have uh, now Roger's a good buddy of mine, uh, Mr. Goodell. I'm not putting a car before the horse, but I do think we'll have, I think we'll have a couple teams in, uh, in Munich here pretty soon. Hey, that would be fascinating to see the NFL in Europe full-time. Pretty incredible. Tony Richardson, thank you for joining us here. Good luck watching your Chiefs on Sunday. Thank you so much. 
NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.